This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. The Emergency Medical Minute is excited to announce that we are now offering AMA, PRA, Category 1 credits. This is accessible through our online course modules that can be accessed at www.emergencymedicalminute.org backslash CME-courses, or simply by clicking on the link in our show notes and creating an account. Okay, so uh, my medical minute this morning is about grass, weed, and ancient Rome. Grass, weed, and ancient Rome. So grass. The other day, um, my dog had this like gurgling stomach. He was like pawing at the door. I wanted to go outside, and he started eating some grass. And then usually when he does that, he eats some grass, then he throws up, and then he feels better. And so I was kind of wondering, like, what's the anti-medic effect of grass, or why do dogs even do that? And so I looked and looked and looked, and I actually couldn't find an answer. They say sometimes dogs eat grass, and it kind of induces vomiting, so they throw up and they feel better. Sometimes dogs eat grass, and they think maybe it soothes their stomach. Humans don't eat grass for nausea or vomiting because we don't have, like, I don't know, we don't ruminate, and it's, uh, there's, like, no medical benefit. Interestingly, there's no harm for eating grass, so I guess unless there's pesticide. Um, so that's the grass part. The ancient Rome part, so you've heard of vomitoriums. Anyone hear of vomitorium before? No? So, <laughs> so this was like a, it's actually like this long-standing myth. So there's vomitorium. So translation from Latin is vomitorium. And you think like Rome, pretty gluttonous, like the rich would go have these giant feasts. And I remember hearing when I was in, I think it was like high school, they'd have these rooms, they'd go and they'd throw up and they'd go back and feast again, like purge their stomach and then just even more gluttonous feasting. As it turns out, that is false. There's no vomitorium. The vomitorium translation, it was sort of mistranslated. It was the entrance to like a stadium or coliseum. And the idea is like when the crowds entered, it was like vomiting into the streets or like purging into the streets. So anyway, that's the mistranslation of Rome. But Rome does come into play because you think about like Roman warriors would get on ships to conquer new lands. And on the ships, they'd all get sea sick and so they'd need some sort of anti-emetic and the anti-emetics they chose were wine and wormwood which if you're sick like why would you have wine and wormwood I think wormwood is the chemical that's in absinthe that made people like (laughs) demented so that doesn't sound like a very good idea the other thing they give was white hellborn and white hellborn is this plant that's actually pretty toxic. Um, so not only would they use white hellborn as like a poison, but low doses they would give as antimedic. And there's probably because there's alkaloids in it, alkaloids like belladonna or, you know, things make your eyes like uh, anticholinergic. So it's interesting that they had this like toxin they're giving people for nausea. So we move on to weed. Um, actually, before I get to weed, let's go to 1940s. So instead of doing wormwood and like toxins. Um, in 1947, the first antihistamine, uh, what was it, Dramamine, it was initially treated, used for treating people with allergic reactions. And they found out that people who were um, like got car sick or seasick 
responded well to Dramamine, so it took away the nausea. And so they started using it as an antiemetic. In the 50s, they also added on things like Thorazine, that's antipsychotic. Um, they found out that was antiemetic. And Compazine and Phenergan came in in the late 50s and early 60s. And in the 1970s, here's where weed comes in, uh, cannabinoids, they discovered, were reasonably uh, useful for treating nausea. 70s, they're starting to do chemotherapy, so they do um, THC uh, for antiemetic effects. 80s, really bad chemotherapy like cisplatinum came into place. They needed better antiemetics. And that's like the 5-HT receptor antagonists. So Zofran came in, well, late 80s, early 90s. And uh, Reglan has some, not only 5-HT, but also some uh, dopamine-like effects. And then lastly, the NK1 antagonist, that's like substance P. We don't use this a lot, um, but I think it's emetrol. No, not emetrol. I'm, I'm spacing on the name. But anyway, the newest ones are the NK1 inhibitors. So antiemetics for dogs, grass, then humans evolved from toxins to less toxic things like Zofran. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Health One Continental Division and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.